Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Snowboarding, presented by Mountain Vibes, featuring your hosts, Nate Haust, Emily Sorger, and Jarrett Shinoda. We've got a special guest for you today. She's one of Mountain Vibes' top female athletes, a Washington legend, and a huge supporter of female riders within the industry. Very excited to introduce Kim Ewing. Welcome to the show, Kim. Glad to be here. I've heard nothing but great things about you, so I'm sure our listeners are just as fired up as I am. How are you today? I am doing amazing today. Um, just got actually down from the mountain, so me and my fiance had like really rad pow day, which is kind of rare for us, so we're pretty hyped on that. Who doesn't love a good pow day? Right, <laughs> and I, I just saw too that you posted an Instagram clip saying that you accomplished one of your big goals that you had set for the season. You dropped down this pretty big looking double cliff drop, right? How, how did that go? What were, what were some of the trial and errors like? How did it feel to complete that? <laughs> you know, so it's a pretty well-known little spot and I've known about it for a while and I just have been really working on improving my big mountain kind of riding. And today was just a day like, you know, Mike and I don't get to ride very often. He's like my number one supporter He's always going to be, you know, that whisper that's like, try this, position your body this way. And I just knew like there, no matter what went wrong, it was just fluffy. Like I wasn't going to die, like actually (laughs) die. So, you know, I told him last night, I really want to do this. It's probably going to take me more than one try. If you're okay with that, like, you know, it's a lot to ask someone to sacrifice power runs oh yeah and he was game he was totally game he's like yeah i'll get the clip and we'll review it and so you know it was definitely nerve-wracking i think the first couple of times i'm like might throw up and um yeah the first few were definitely not you know it's different it was different it was definitely different kind of writing that i've never really like wrapped my brain around you know like oh don't do that yeah i get it um but man getting it was yeah. Like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud of it. Yeah. Definitely a good yeah. feeling, you know, and that, that type of progression is, is what snowboarding is all about. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And oh, yeah. congrats. I, I was stoked watching it. So it was great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Outside of snowboarding, what do you do for work exactly? I'm sure from Instagram, it doesn't look like I work. I do work. I actually work for a pet franchise. And I work for the corporate marketing team. So I do a lot of website admin and onboarding for franchisees across the nation, building branding, um, kind of anything that falls under the digital marketing umbrella at a corporate level for stores all over the country. And it's amazing because it's with pets. So there's no other better way to brand when you're like sifting through all these pictures of puppies and kittens that make people feel emotionally loved. (laughs) Yeah, so, who doesn't love a good animal? Yeah, so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really exciting job. Um, it's always been a remote position, which has um, just is amazing to have that freedom and flexibility to kind of do the hard work, but do it when it's right and have the freedom to, you know, go out and ride and play. At least you get to, you know, sort through puppy pictures. I'd like yeah, that. Yeah, you get to reap the rewards for sure. Yeah. Reap the rewards and say, do we own this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And speaking of, of puppies and dogs too, um, we know that you recently got a new dog named Indy. So tell us, tell us about your, your own puppies and names, breeds, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Indy, she was our Corona puppy. Um, we almost named her Rona. Uh, <laughs> but my 
before her had um, a dog and her, her name was Abby and she passed away a few years ago from cancer. And so he was ready to get a new puppy, but very specific on what kind. And, you know, we found her on Craigslist and she's, she was just a lucky find in the, you know, in the bin of animals on Craigslist. And we got her when she was five and a half weeks old. She's a German Shepherd Malamute. And she is, she's something. She sounds cute. We want to see more pictures. So yeah, she's amazing. Uh, She loves being in the snow. And it was kind of this ongoing quest to like prepare her for winter because we were like, okay, come December, she'll be right around eight or nine months old. So how do we prepare our eight or nine month old puppy to be ready to be left alone in the car for up to three hours? So it's been actually a lot of work in progress to get her to that point because there was a time this fall when we were doing some, you know, backcountry hiking around and touring that I may have left her in my car and she <laughs> may or may not have moved around a lot and set the car alarm off <laughs> for an extended period of time. And <laughs> I found out it was me, you know, pretty quickly and, um, so we had to recreate train her for the vehicle, but now she she's much much happier. Um, but typically, you know, she gets about an hour of playtime before I ride in the snow. So she's complete powder hound, and then she can she's usually chilling for a good solid three hours, and then about every three hours we come check on her. Same thing, about an hour of playtime, play with other dogs, and just get the zoomies out. And like she's passed out right now. So. <laughs> Kim, where uh, where are you currently living right now? I live in Leavenworth, Washington. I encourage you to look it up. It's a Bavarian themed small town, very touristy driven. Um, and we're about 45 minutes east of Stevens Pass in okay. Washington. Awesome. You guys, you guys are getting uh, quite a serious storm right now. Is that, is that so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are in a nice cycle right now and the temps have been really cold, which is nice to have that dry snow come in because I'm sure you've all heard of Cascade Concrete and we've been known to get big storms like this and I'm not even going to jinx it, but we all know it can warm up and what it does for us. And so this has been really, really enjoyable. That's great. Yeah, that's funny you say Cascade Concrete because here we call it Sierra Cement. Oh yeah. Which is, (laughs) is, but it's no joke. I mean, it gets so, you know, we get you get some serious snow, but then, you know, a day or two afterwards, it's, it's almost. You just hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you from originally? So I actually grew up in Montana in a little town called Whitehall, Montana, which is east of Butte. Um, So I grew up skiing and later snowboarding at, you know, resorts like Lost Trail down in Idaho and Discovery. And then in 2010 is actually when I moved up to Washington. So it's like kind of my second home. Um, but yeah. Awesome. And how long have you been snowboarding for? God, I like dread this question because sometimes I have to count on both hands. Um, but I'm with you on that one. If I math correctly, I started when I was 12, about 20 years. There's some gaps there where, you know, there might have been some off time, but about 20 years. Awesome. I always think this is an interesting topic. What made you keep snowboarding over these years? I kept snowboarding over all of these years because ever since I was a child, it has been something that is my own. You know, 
I feel like skiing and snowboarding, it's always been something that is your own imagination. It's your own adventure. And it really allows you to check out from anything that might be traumatic or hard to deal with. It's just always been this fun, fulfilling thing that I had in my life since I was a child that I never really wanted to replace it with anything else. So I kept doing it because of that. It's, it's the definition of pure enjoyment for me. And even now as an adult, I think it's still pure enjoyment and just this really fun experience to try new things and what better way to try new things doing the one thing that is pure enjoyment, you know? Um, so I guess that's the way I would answer. That is a, that is a perfect answer. I, I absolutely love that. And so, you know, I think it's fair to say again that, you know, everyone loves to travel. Um, what are some of your favorite places to ride outside of Washington? A few years ago, I got to go on my first summer trip down to Mount Hood and ride Timberline. And that place is so much fun. <laughs> I mean, you get to go out there and you're camping. And I think my first experience was kind of like this mind-blowing experience because I didn't grow up seeing a lot of pros or being around the lifestyle and the community. And the first time I showed up to Mount Hood, my mind was blown. Like you've got pros everywhere and like little campers that are ripping and everybody is just there and their goggle tans are on fire and they're in t-shirts and then you know and you're like sweating having a good time and it's sunny and then you're like cool let's go back in camp and honestly like that's probably my favorite place that I've been um I've had some of the best trips down there with friends and that's that's been really fun um I've been down to Tahoe a couple of times South Lake Tahoe Ooh, that's a pretty fun place to go as well We'll just say like what happens in casino based yeah. <laughs> and to keep those experiences there. Um, but yeah, no, Tahoe has some really awesome, amazing resorts to check out down there. It's been cool to go down there with the Epic passes and kind of experience that good weather are all around like beautiful views. And just, it's just really cool to kind of see that like lake view and have the mountains there at the same time. So probably second favorite there. Yeah. I certainly agree with you there. You know, I think it is a pretty beautiful place. And again, you know, Mount Hood is like the best place in the world, especially to kind of bring in the spring and end the season on a good note. And, you know, as well, like the progression is at an all time when you're at Hood. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're a talented rider. I've heard you've done quite a few contests. Although, you know, with that being said, I'm mainly curious of what type of riding you prefer. I'm in a transition. I would say I went through a phase where I was learning park about five years ago and it was really the first time I'd ever really seen a terrain park, if that is believable. <laughs> um, and so that was my favorite. I, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And in Washington, you're exposed to all kinds of riders that are really good at terrain parks and started watching, you know, social media blew up the game. I was like, wow, look at these chicks doing, I don't even know what that is, but I want to do it. And I was really into park riding. And I think I learned within the last two years that there is a high risk for that reward. And I'm in a transition where my favorite is actually drifting away from park riding because I've, I've had some crippling <laughs> injuries and I've been really trying to push my big mountain riding. You know, you saw that clip where I was 
trying to get better at riding different types of terrain. And for me right now, I think that is an all-time favorite for me because there is no better feeling right now than just getting that creamy <laughs> creaminess, the creamy cheese of the mountain and just, totally. ah, you know, <laughs> deep and creamy is where I'm at. And that's probably my favorite right now. Yeah. I totally respect that. Yeah. I myself would like to get more kind of in tune with the backcountry, but you know, there's a lot of knowledge to learn and, uh, and it'll come with time. Yes. You know, I can say from experience that some of my favorite memories have come from snowboarding, you know, whether it be from contests or not. Do you have, well, you know, a favorite memory that comes to mind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Contests. <laughs> it makes me laugh because I am not a competitive snowboarder by any means or like a competition snowboarder. And my favorite <laughs> memory that comes to mind Yes, I did a rail jam a few years ago out of entirely peer pressure. It was probably my second year riding parks. So second year of even knowing what a terrain park was. And my friends, my girlfriends were like, you should do this because no girls do this and we should do it together. I was like, okay. Um, I'd seen some videos. I had a friend the year before get pretty injured at one of those events specifically. And so I do this event and on the way to the event, I realize I don't really know how to do a street ollie. And um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Mission Ridge, Mission Ridge Parks, they're infamously known for their 100 laps rope tow park and their crew builds this park for the event um, in downtown Wenatchee. And it's about, it's two lines of rails, street rails, and they built those you know, those good flat, low <laughs> lips. And you gotta, you know, you gotta ollie up there. You gotta get on up there. And I knew that. And I didn't really know how to street ollie. And so I agreed to do this event knowing that I should probably figure that out. Kind of figured it out. We go to my friend's house in Wenatchee and, you know, we're, we're getting hyped to do this event. And I don't know why, but I was hungry. And so I slammed like three pieces of pizza after <laughs> riding, you know, kind of pow, like three hours before that, you know, we rode all day and then I taught myself how to kind of street ollie, slam three pieces of pizza, chug like two Red Bulls walking down there, show up there, hype to do this event, feel like I'm nervous, like get that anxiety, like roll in and you're standing up on a platform, you know, one of those tall like podium drop-ins, never done that before. And I'm like, I can back out of this whenever I want, right? Like I can quit if I decide that this is too much. And you know, Mike's there like, yeah, yeah. Like you should try it though, hyping me up. First drop in, oh my gosh, I tacoed so hard that like the food <laughs> and the Red Bull was sitting in the core of my chest. And you're literally, I'll never forget it, but you're corralled in there like a freaking animal. Like there's, there's like the corral gates and there's like a couple, you know, 1500 people that come down to watch this event and they're all standing in the streets and there's just no way out. You can't, you can't get out. And I walk to the side and I'm just like, I, I don't want to, I don't know if I can do this, but get me out of here. I got to get out. I'm going to throw up. Mike's like, no, you're fine. 
do it again. And I'm like, no, I really actually think I'm going to throw up. So I kind of, you know, like found some composure, but in that composure included slightly swallowing your own vomit to go try again. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, so here I am standing in line. My hands are shaking. I'm nervous. And I'm like, all right, I got to do it harder. I got, I'm small. I got to pump the roller faster and I got to get up there. And so here I am, do it again. Barely get my board on a slip off taco again. In front of 15 years. No, I did not throw up. And, you know, at that moment is when I knew, you know, okay, my board touched the rail. I'm getting up there. I got it. I, I can do it. Third time's a charm. I'm going to do it again. So I, I did, I got back up there and I, I did it. I 50, 50 that first rail and it was totally fine. And then from that moment on, that was the, the marker, the day that I learned how to street ollie, to be honest. That event is the event that I also learned how to front lip because I thought that 50-50s for an hour and a half was going to be the most boring thing I'd done all day. So I didn't know how to street ollie and backboard. That was, that was a lot of things to wrap my brain around. So I all I knew is I could front side 50 50 and so i i went for it and that was the day that i learned how to front lip board slide or street rail and i was never in it for the money didn't care about the podium just went there to have a good time and that that for me is probably my most memorable competition that's a uh, that's awesome. a crazy story and they say you know as they say the best way to learn is just to jump straight into it oh god <laughs> And you had to um, take some yeah. to earn some there, you know? God, that, those bibs were stained with paint. <laughs> you got out there. I don't know that I would actually recommend anyone else to learn that way, but <laughs> you got nothing to lose. <laughs> Go for it. Well, luckily, you know, with the pandemic, of course, all the competitions are canceled. <laughs> so you're good there. <laughs> um, you know, I think... <laughs> You know, I know, you know, my season has not entirely played out exactly as I'd imagined, you know, considering this pandemic, uh, has it affected your goals for the season in one way or another? You know, um, unfortunately, I can't say on a competition side of things, it's really affected me earlier this winter. Um, I actually did go through the experience of having COVID. It is a respiratory illness. And I would say if it has hindered anything, it has hindered my health in that way. As soon as I was able to get back out there, I don't know why I didn't think that my respiratory wellness would be impacted at all, but I didn't. I was just so hyped on being able to like go outside again and see people and be active again. I had spent, um, my fiance and I had back to back. So it was an extended period of quarantine, of isolation. And it had, actually impacted my my respiratory significantly um when i went back out there it was extremely sluggish um it's held me back actually to ease back into things at a much slower rate than i would be if i was 100 percent. if that makes sense so getting into big mountain it's definitely you're charging a lot faster you're going a lot harder you need your lungs to operate at full capacity and to your body to be responsive in the terrain parts because of oxygen flowing smoothly and freely 
through your lungs to your blood. And um, I learned very quickly that um, after having COVID, that that was something that was going to take some time for my lungs to bounce back. So I think in the scheme of things this year, it has kind of slowed me down in that way to kind of take a step back, reevaluate what I want to accomplish because my health is number one. True that. So getting out into the backcountry, do you, uh, do you go off trail, you know, in a resort or do you split up or do you have a sled? You had mentioned earlier, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of knowledge to know when you go into the backcountry. And I absolutely agree with that. And I'm a hundred percent mindful and respectful of that because I'm still learning. Um, so to answer your question, I usually tend to only go in resort knowing what um, the Abbey conditions are beforehand. Mm -hmm. And if I feel that it's a high risk, I always go with, you know, the appropriate equipment. So beacon, probe, shovel, and make sure that I'm going with a crew that knows the terrain and the mountain um, and a plan if necessary. Um, So for the most part, it's been, you know, within bounds, a little out of bounds from resort. Um, preseason, I did a little bit of just simply walking with my feet, which was an experience in itself. Um, I've, I don't own a sled. I had an opportunity to go with a couple of friends and they brought me in and hiked in five foot that way. Um, but I'm still, you know, I'm still fairly fresh to the Avi conditions and especially in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I know that I, you just see the natural slides all over the, the train. And that to me is something that I would want to be more experienced in before I just decide to, you know, tour entirely freely off resort. No, I think that's really smart of you. You know, I know, I think that's kind of the perfect way to ease into it. Um, and I don't know about, you know, what the PNW is, is about condition, snow condition wise, but I know Colorado, Utah, and even here in Tahoe, um, the snowpack is pretty unstable. So definitely, you know, if you guys are going to go out, just be careful, have a plan and have the uh, correct gear. So, you know, I I also wanted to ask you, you know, you're obviously a part of Mountain Vibes. Um, What are the other companies that you're affiliated with? I, uh, so I work with a local company called EM Socks. They're a family owned um, sock company and they do these custom socks. And I met them probably three years ago. They sponsored the Stevens Pass Parks before we were Vail owned. They've also sponsored like Mission Ridge. They also sponsor some, a lot of skateboarders. Um, so they're a super awesome co- company to work with. Um, they just put a good sock product out that's a little different than what other people have for snowboarding and skating. So they're just somebody that I reached out to and was like, I really like your socks. <laughs> I love socks too. <laughs> um, and they've been really good friends for the last few years I've worked with them. And then some of the other companies that we've met along the way, I work with uh, Receptor Naturals. They're a CBD company. Um, they specialize in CBD products for, you know, athletes and um, law enforcement or individuals who, you know, can't take any risks of having THC in the system, but still want to benefit from you know, other pain management, I guess, products other than, you know, I used to eat a ton of ibuprofen. I guess that's not recommended. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) 
So this has been something that has changed my life in a big way um, to help manage my pain. Um, and then Osurfit, they're, they're a prosthetics company. I love them. I love them immensely because I have, you know, lifelong damage in my knees. Uh, my fiance does also. And um, he, he rides for the CTI knee braces and I wear their Proform soft compression knee braces which have changed my life as far as being able to continue snowboarding at the level that I want to snowboard, continue doing other sports that I want to do at the level that I want to do, and even help repair um, damage from that. So they've been an amazing supporter for the last couple of years. I am ambassador for POW Gloves for, the, for Washington State. Um, I love them as well. That's, I mean, you've got the bases covered for sure. I actually reached out to that CTI company myself because I had a, I had a knee injury earlier this winter and they, they were able to help me out. And I, I think what you said, um, you use the, you know, the soft sleeve, which is what I'm currently riding with now. And it's in an immense help. I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's, um, definitely a level up from your standard generic knee brace that you could pick up really at any department store. Um, I highly recommend them to anyone that has knee issues, um, especially if, you know, if you have any like tears in the MCL, meniscus, ACL, what have you, um, just because they're the construction that, and the quality of the actual product is it replicates basically the tendons that run through your knee. And then you have like this gel compression that like secures your patella cap. And I don't know, it just, it's really changed my life. I used to get this locking pain in the backside of my kneecap on one side and then on my left side, I fell on a box and basically split the, my quadricep tendon. And so that's actually kind of helped repair the tendonitis completely. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I'm glad that you've been able to find companies not only that you support because of what they're doing, but that also you found ways to use their products to help you. Because of course, you know, ma maintaining your health, especially in this sport is definitely a very important thing to do. Of course, you know, you are a team rider for Mountain Vibes. So I do want to say we are very lucky to have such a well-rounded rider as part of our, our family. You are one of our top female riders. I think you're very diverse in your talent and, you know, you have a good head on your shoulders too. So definitely want to say that we, we are very proud and we're very lucky to have you as part of the fam. Do you remember how you found out about Mountain Vibes, how you became a team writer and all that kind of good stuff? Very memorable. Um, it was, I think this is my third season on with Mountain Vibes. So three years ago, Justin had reached out to me and said, I think we should chat. And I've been following you for a while. And um, it was through social media, which is the best way to really contact people who want exposure. You know, you're basically looking for people to help exploit your companies. And I think that's awesome that social media can offer that. And I just, you know, you see these people come into your DMs all the time. And so it, it you know, I was like, let's research, let's do some research. Let's see who these guys are, um, find out what their mission is and what they're actually trying to achieve with this. And, um, and so I found on the website right away, our mission. And it was working with at-risk youth and helping create this healthy um, outlet for at-risk children, which I was immediately like latched onto. It's like, I can relate. And it seemed like a company that was, had a passion for snowboarding, but was giving something back 
to that community. And there was something more there than just like, you know, you see a lot of companies who are like, I love snowboarding and I make a shirt that says it and we're going to send you one. Right. And it, this just seemed like, no, there's definitely more to this than just rocking a shirt. And so we had that conversation and I got to know Justin and I immediately was like, yeah, I want to do this. Like, this is awesome that you have created an outlet and in a way to further your mission. And I want to be a part of that. I think that's something I can stand behind a hundred percent. No questions asked. Um, I wish I had something like this as a kid, you know, I was at risk, but I wasn't at risk in through those same channels of at-risk children, but I could relate that I was fortunate enough to have snowboarding and skiing as a child. And it did help me in a way find happiness and peace and how to overcome certain challenges in your life. So I'm super happy to be on this team. I, I have met amazing people, you know, whether it be on the internet, you know, I, I say, I you know all the emails, like I see you guys on the internet getting it, you know, but it's a different experience when I've been able to actually travel and see other riders or other team members and, you know, get to take laps with them or have experiences with them and hear their stories and hear what they do as actual riders or individuals. So it's actually been a really cool team to be a part of really amazing family and supportive family in that way. Yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, I love hearing the story about how you found us. I think you basically said what we're all about. We really tried to build a community in snowboarding. So even if everybody's in different states, you can still follow them online. You can still, you know, plan trips, of course, uh, not during a pandemic, but you could eventually plan trips to go see everyone and ride together and just kind of have that, that virtual support. And I also think it speaks volumes to your character as well, that you took it upon yourself to kind of research what we're all about. Of course, read our message. And we are all about those kids. We we do everything we can to try and help them. So um, I think it's really cool that you were willing to be part of something like that. And I know that you mentioned too, as you were growing up, that there weren't a lot of females in the snowboarding industry yet for you to look up to. I'm sure now there's girls that are, you know, very young that look up to you as well. We, we see it all the time across our DMs and in our comments and stuff. So what was it like for you to not have that woman idol snowboarder in your life? Did that ever deter you from snowboarding at all? At the time, I don't think it was discouraging. Looking back, maybe a little, if that makes sense. It's like a two part thing where looking back, like it was something that our family did. Um, and growing up, not having that it's, I was just a girl that could, you know, was asked to go because I could do it. And because I would try the same things all the guys would, I was that, you know, I'm that I fit the mold of, you know, a lot of female, even pros that you hear tell their stories, you know, what it was like for them learning and, you know, growing up in Montana, there weren't, there wasn't any exposure. There weren't train parks. There weren't kids, women, girls really out there in the nineties. Like you're just kind of in your own bubble. Like who knows? I was probably singing Disney songs and just cruising through <laughs> <the snow laughs> trees thinking like, wow, this is really fun, <laughs> you know? And um, looking back and like, seeing what it was for me growing up um, and looking at where I'm at now thinking, wow, I didn't see a train park until I was in my late twenties. <laughs> and 
getting to know what Instagram was and social media was five to six years ago and really watching where women's snowboarding is at today, even in the last five years compared to where it was at, you know, when I, back when, you know, I grew up probably in the early 2000s, seeing women like Jamie Anderson on the big screen competing. And that was really the first time that I had seen anyone was, you know, watching the X games or seeing the Olympics like, Oh, there are women. There's a, there's a woman, there's girls do this. This is cool. But later in life now seeing it now in the last five years where women's um, snowboarding is at and the more exposure that they're getting and the projects that they're taking on themselves. Um, I'm just happy to have it now. Like it's totally tenfold rather have that inspiration now when I can take that and actually do something with it. I'm stoked that there's more youth and young women getting into the sport and have that for themselves now as well. I know a lot of big name female riders came out of California areas or bigger resort towns. And I was got thousands of miles to even know that that was even an existing land. I'm just, yeah, I don't think I'd change it, but it's kind of cool. It's something I look back on and wonder, like what if the work ethic that I have now for riding could have been in a different place in time? You know, where would I have, what would I have become? And then I just say like, no, we're at where we are today because it's today. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a super interesting take on it, and I love it. And of course, there are tons of females now. I think the the ladies especially have been killing it recently. At Jamie Anderson, we just talked about this on our last episode. She competed in the knuckle huck too, which I think was really cool to see because again, it's just consistent progression on the women's front. And you know, you you have girls who are doing double cripplers in the half pipe like it's nothing. So I definitely think it's cool to see that now. And you know, like you said, those younger girls do have more inspiration, more motivation because they can say, oh, look, like the girls are, you know, thrown down just as hard as guys are now. I think that that they are inspired by that. And, you know, now I'm kind of curious. We talked about how growing up you weren't able to have, you know, a, a strong female inspiration, but I'm curious if you have one now and if, you know, if you could meet anybody in the snowboarding industry, whether it be a female or not, who would it be? What would you do and why? Yeah, I found Jess Kamira, right? Love Amazing. her. What Love she her. does, what she stands for, I just... Yeah. And um, it's funny, actually, she came to Seattle and she premiered Uninvited, the first one a couple years ago. And we went, we drove all the way over to see that. And I did get to meet her. What did I do? Well, I sat there for an extended period of time, like any other weirdo, and like choked up. Like Mike's like, are you going to go talk to her? Like, are you going to go talk to her? when are you going to talk to her? And I was like, well, I don't want to be like every other, like 500 people. I was like, how's it going? Like that wasn't, that wasn't the moment I was going to have. I was like, I, I don't know what to say. I don't, eh. so it took me a really long time to like, figure out. <laughs> I don't know why it was so hard, but yeah, I was like, I got to put this together. So I don't even remember what I said. I think I just said like, thank you for <laughs> this premiere here and what you're doing is amazing like I don't even know I have a Polaroid picture somewhere of us together Mm. we're touching she was actually um, an extremely humble like 
person and very chill. Like, I don't know why I was so awkward. I don't think I'm the only one that gets awkward in front of pros, to be honest. So definitely not. No, I've, I've gotten my fair share of awkward episodes in front of pros too. So you're not alone. I will say Jamie Anderson also is, gosh, you know, like I said, she's probably one of the first pros I ever saw as a teenager. I think I'm actually older than her. So imagine that we were the same age and I was watching her on TV. I am older than her. I'm pretty sure. But I saw her somewhere in Colorado last year and I didn't, I did the same thing. Like there she is. (laughs) bye Uh Mike's like why aren't you gonna go talk to her I'm like I don't know she's with her family like that just seems invasive like I'm just like (laughs) so that's what I do I try (laughs) to be invasive I look at them from a distance like an average creeper and say that I saw them within 20 feet that's so cool though ignorance (laughs) is bliss I think it was last summer we were down at Timberline at Hood during the camps and, you know, Mike and I go down there and I actually remember having a full on conversation about what the kids were eating with Anna Gasser, did not know it was Anna Gasser, and then came to find later that it was and thought, well, wasn't the worst conversation we could have had. <laughs> but yeah, I got right. to talk to her at one point in my life about granola. <laughs> We've all been there for sure. I've, I've been in that situation many times before. Yeah, at least I said something, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Speaking of, of females and, and snowboarding, I know that a couple years ago, I think you wrote a blog on the Mountain Vibes website about being a female in snowboarding. And, you know, you, you touched on some of the challenges that sometimes females face in the snowboarding industry. So what are some of those challenges that, you know, you used to face that you face now and has your views on any of that changed? Yeah. When you're new and you're trying to figure out like who your crew is and what you want to do, you face a lot of challenges because you, you're trying to learn, you see people doing something that you want to do, but you don't necessarily have guidance or support on Hill. And I feel like I'm one of those people that I, have, I'm still teaching myself how to snowboard. I have been teaching myself how to snowboard. It's taking some time, but we're getting there. You know, we're getting there. Okay. And, you know, I think it's really hard because whether, whether males want to admit it or not, or the industry wants to admit it or not, when you talk about bringing it back to whether or not, you know, I had inspiration growing up or not. And for me to say no, and for, you know, to know that there's a generation of people like myself who didn't always have females in mainstream media or in magazines or that a kind of exposure, like, and to know that as a male dominant sport in the last 20 years, that men have always seen other men killing it, dropping big, you know, spines and like hitting big vert ramps. Like it just, there was just so much more there. And so it's kind of this, weird thing to break into and you know for me it's always been just like how much fun can I have like how much weird chaos can I get into today and like have fun and so it's never now it's different where I don't feel as blocked out or I don't feel like I have to try to impress anyone and um I think that 
today trying to progress, you know, shifting my riding, like I said, to do more big mountain riding and like learn how to ride bigger train and learn how to do those, you know, double pillow drops and do that kind of stuff is that you're in this weird zone as a female right now of one, how do I tell people that I have interest in this? And two, how do I build that trust with those kinds of people so that they know I want to come and that they can trust me. There's a trust factor in big mountain riding, right? Like they need to be able to trust you in the rare chance that you need a plan. And you need to, I, as a writer, you need to be able to trust them that they're going to have your best interests in mind as well, knowing that you are interested and you're trying to learn and kind of guide you in that way. And so it's, I find it challenging to find Half the time, half the time I'm going out there and just knowing that I have the knowledge and I have the confidence to ride the train and I'll do it, but I'm not always learning what I want because I don't have that, like my, like on my mic, you know, to say like, in order to ride that kind of pitch and that kind of line, this is what you need to be thinking about. And so it's this weird balance of, of, do you just go for it and you just figure it out and you just teach yourself how to snowboard? Like, that's what I do. I just, I'm just going to figure it out and stay low to the ground. (laughs) Probably work out, you know? And um, I still think that that's always a little challenging. And I, I face it in the train park too. There was a period of time when, you know, like I said, train park was something I wanted to get really aggressive about. I really wanted to learn how to do it. I saw all over the internet, like these girls are they're doing they got some of the best style out there you know and I wanted I wanted to try it and when you get to that point where you can do it and you know you're that weekday local rider and you're just out there to have a good time you'll find I find myself often outnumbered one female to like I don't know two three to like ten other males that are crushing it and Yes, they'll let you cruise with them, you know, Um, but it's still that mentality of for the guys. And I'm like, yeah, for the girls. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am. And it's always this weird thing where you're like watching the guys get clip after clip with themselves and you're like stoked for them. And you're that girl that's like, well, I also get better from clips too. That's crazy, but I, no one's going to film me. So I got to hold off and wait for, you know, a lot of my girls are, you know, they've got a lot of person, you know, they're all like professional workers, like nursings, or it's just hard to link up with the crew sometimes. So I think that's a big challenge where sometimes you feel like, well, I'm working just as hard as you, like I'm working just as hard. Maybe I'm not throwing, you know, switch sevens, but I'm working on that cab one. So, and I'm sure going to try it just as many times as you're going to try your cab seven. So, you know, it's just kind of that weird, you know, it's just, you know, I just say like, whatever, who are you really there for at the end of the day? You're just there for your, you know, you're there to have fun. So just keep with that. And um, also I would like to say, I'm not going to put any brands on blast ever, but the gear, I live in Washington, like, my options are limited sometimes and the pockets are whack. 
Dude, the pockets are horrible. Okay, I won't say any brands either, but you know, I, I like to rock, like I like my white pants. Everybody has seen my white pants. They hate them because they're dirty, but they have like really deep pockets. And so I, I've ordered three pairs of pants that I've seen online, you know, being in, in San Diego, you know, I can't just go to a local shop. We don't have like snow, snow stores here. Um, and you know, the front pockets are fake and the back pockets I could fit like chapstick in. So I feel you on the pants. Girls trying to throw threes. I'm telling you, their phone is in their front pocket. That thing is going to jab you in the pelvic bone so hard. It might just break. And that's, that's a setback. It's a huge setback. The pockets are whack. I can't figure it out. You know, I'm right there with you. Like, where do I put the key? Because I don't want it to stab me the back of the kneecap so just yeah that's that's literally my really my one only complaint there that's that's insane you bring that up i was actually literally just having a conversation with someone yesterday about that and it never really like dawned on me but then she was she was like showing me that like her phone was like barely fitting and i was just like that's like that's like actually like a tough situation. Phones yeah. do not discriminate, okay, on gender. They're all <laughs> one side and the pockets should like fit to that. And they just, you know, they just don't. They haven't for a really long time. And it's really frustrating. Sometimes the placement, you're like, why is my pocket go to like my, okay, I'm short. So an average person, it's still going to be like the kneecap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I get you. You know, I'm sure to any of the ladies listening too, if you ever want to talk about, you know, being a female in snowboarding, or if you experience some of the struggles that, you know, Kim has had, hit her up on her Instagram. You know, if you're in the area, you want to ride with her, I'm sure, you know, she'd be happy to ride with you and you guys can clip each other up. And I've seen that you, you are able to, you know, have that girl gang that you ride with. I think that's super awesome. And I think it's important too, because, you know, it's, it's definitely a different experience riding with, you know, girls and guys. I think they're both good though. So, so no complaints here, but, you know, speaking of riding with guys, you actually did not too long ago, you went to Colorado with the Mountain Vibes family and you were able to ride Loveland Pass a little bit. I wasn't there in person to see, um, you know, you ride, but I did see all the footage and all the clips that came with it. And you were, you know, keeping up with everyone just fine. So what did you think about that trip? Did you enjoy it? What do you remember? It was a good time. That was actually my first solo travel from state to Colorado. I'd never really gone on a snowboarding trip solo or to Colorado. Um, Didn't really have any expectations. Like, kind of like my theme like just you know don't have too many expectations it was a lot of fun I didn't know what to expect to be honest and I didn't know who was coming we just had like all right we're going to this Airbnb and it's me Mamba Justin and Rania and we're all going to this Airbnb and I'm thinking in my head like I think Justin may have sent me a link to the Airbnb so I kind of already knew the lay of the land of like where things were in this house I'm not saying I'm older, but I'm older. And I was like, all right, well, I'm like, first thing when I get there, dropping the shoes, dropping the bag, and I'm putting my luggage on a physical bed. And I'm just gonna want it done. That's it. That's like totally what I did when I got there. And that was my only expectation. (laughs) Like said nothing about it until I got there. And I'm like, mine. (laughs) 
And like, I think Mama was going to try to like fight me for it. And I was like, no. You're like, ladies first, Mamba. Come on. Yeah. I was like, and they were like, well, will you share that bed with the other girl? And I'm like, well, yeah, like, duh, no brainer. So that was like, first thing that I was like, yeah, let's just like, not even, we're not even going to joke about this. This is serious. <laughs> but no, that whole ride trip was super, super fun. I had no idea. Like we were going up to Loveland Pass. I remember, I think there was a pretty good storm going on. If I remember right. Mm-hmm. I also remember it. I think we helped someone out of the ditch on the way, like just casually. Yeah, pull over. Mm-hmm. We'll just give them a good bumper push and get them on out, out of there. So they did that. But the whole riding experience was really amazing because it it was this it wasn't the actual resort. It was, you know, you're riding down level the pass to the highway and then getting picked up and kind of shuttled all day. I did go just as hard as those boys and it was fun. Y'all are going huge, so <laughs> go find me a nice cow stash. <laughs> um, but no, it was a really fun trip. It was awesome. It was the first time I got to meet a lot of like the, a lot of team members, a lot of like other reps that were down there and just kind of hang, eat a lot of food and ride. And so like that was that was a really good time. I had a, I had a lot of fun. We just rode Loveland Pass a couple of days, which is really awesome because anyone that I've ever talked to, you know, outside of that trip about going down to Colorado, they always somehow Loveland Pass always gets brought up that set that that area we went to. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that place was sick. It was just so open. And yeah, that was it was a good time. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. And again, I loved seeing, you know, all the all the mini vlogs and stuff that that people were making on that trip. So it was really cool. And, and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to do another Mountain Vibes family ride day here soon. Um, and, you know, me, you, Jarrett, Nate, and all the rest of the, the Mountain Vibes, you know, reps and riders can all get together, of course, when it is safe after the pandemic dies down, so. So Kim, speaking of events in Colorado, have you been to any of the charity events before? I unfortunately have not made it to any of the events so far. Um, It's usually like a, it's something I aim to do. Like I would love to do that. I know there's one coming up in March in Colorado. Um, A lot of it's a timing thing, you know. I completely get that. So it's it's always so it's I think it's I'd love to go to them and it's it's challenging when it's a, it's a lot of travel to coordinate for myself or you know if I want to bring Mike um, he you know he runs the parks here so it's always a little bit of a challenge but one day I will be there so that's what we love yeah, to hear I will be there one day <laughs> I'm not sure which day but one of them no that's what we love to hear you know as long as you can eventually make it out put that on your list and get it make it that's all we care about yeah and yeah. for the listeners that don't know uh each of us uh for our give back events we take abused and at-risk youth snowboarding for the day and with all expenses covered for them um by the mountain vibes team and everything and we pair them up with a mentor and teach them how to ride for the day um just take them out and give them that positive outlet on the day and everything which is like what we all seek out of it right that's why we go out there and do it um, so just to be able to give back. So we hope that one day you can squeeze that in and make it out with us. Yeah. And, you know, even though I can't make it to the events, I might be shy. on like donating this year, but I do make an effort to personally donate. Um, like I said, Mountain Vibes is a company that I 
when I signed up, I was like, yeah, I can back them. And by back them, I also mean like, I try to donate when I can to, you know, your nonprofit. And so I try to donate when I can. And um, I think at one point I was like, Justin, tell me exactly how much <laughs> it costs to sponsor one child. And he was like, well, there's this expense and this expense and this inspect, like it, the, just the list kind of grew from everything from like travel, tickets, gear, food, lodging. And it kind of just tallied up so quickly. And I was like, oh, okay. So I can make a difference, but man, if I really wanted to sponsor one child for one event for a couple of days, we're talking like a substantial chunk of change. And so that's why I think that, you know, whether I can be there physically or not, like if I cannot physically be there to be a mentor, it's still like to try to make that effort to make it possible for a child to be there, whether it's that financial component. No, and that's awesome because people like you, it wouldn't be possible for us to even get the children out there to be able to do that, you know? So the fact that you're finding a way to give back even to them, it's just that much more, makes it that big of a difference to them, you know? Totally. Yeah. I have, I have yet to go to an event myself, but I'm really excited for the opportunity and, you know, hopefully if not this season, hopefully uh, in the fall, but, uh, but I'm, I'm ready. So we love to hear. So now that coming to an event is on your list though, Kim, um, of things to do, uh, what are some of the things that like travel wise, would you say are on your bucket list for snowboarding? Gosh, I would love to go to Japan <laughs> so yeah. badly. Um, I would like die for that maybe. Um, where else? I've never been to Jackson Hole. I've been seeing some, you know, especially. Ooh, natural selection and everything going yeah, on. <laughs> like, wow, there's never really done any riding in Wyoming. So I'd like to make it there. Um, I think Japan is probably like my top one places to go see um, for the culture, for the food, for the snowboarding. In that oh, place. yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, see, I've, I went when I was younger, so the culture and everything was awesome over there, but I haven't been for snowboarding, so that's definitely, like, a top notch on my list. Yes, yes. I think I think it's on a lot. Yeah, if, if, you know, if you're a snowboarder and that's not a priority, it's it maybe questionable. <laughs> so, Cam, what would you say some of your hobbies outside of snowboarding are? Some of my hobbies, I, during off-season, I have really enjoyed hiking quite a bit. Um, do a lot of hiking in my, like my backyard. You know, we live in such a beautiful town, the enchantments and are very close to me. And I like to hike. I've really enjoy hiking to lakes, high lakes. Um, been doing it since I was a kid, pretty much. Um, gotten more into like trying to summit mountains and get, get up there, but it's just a nice, relaxing, strenuous exercise <laughs> that you know no it's it's I, I just love that part of nature um I've I don't know if I call it a hobby like definition by definition I guess skateboarding like hobby something you enjoy to do maybe I enjoy it um definitely I, throw I, it in there yeah skateboarding is kind of like a new thing I've been trying for the last few years um started skateboarding probably like like really late, really late in life by late, late twenties. And, um, kind of just picked up a skateboard and like, I think I want to try this because I think it's going to help me be a better snowboarder. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's an accurate statement 
or not, to be honest. We have a, a pump track in our in our town and and, I, and that was where I kind of learned how to skateboard and it was it's really fun. And so I would say it's a hobby just because it's there's still that sense of like freedom and creativity and oh yeah. Only difference is it's like it's concrete and you know like Yeah, you know, slamming on concrete's a bit different than a yeah, slam on snow. Yeah, I can't say I've ever rolled my ankle snowboarding, so. <laughs> um, so there's that, and yeah. But those are actually, like, good hobbies, you know what I mean? Like, who doesn't love to go out into the outdoors and get, have a good hike in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you can skateboard anywhere. You can. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> really, Not yet. Not yet. I'm limited to, like, walking to the place of skateboard <laughs> where yeah. I then... Well, yeah. it makes for great cross training either way. So, I mean, as long as you're getting outside and you're yeah. you're able to do stuff that you enjoy, it, it, that's what it's all about. It all works out, yeah. you know? Add, adding some variety and, you know, so you yeah. don't burn yourself out. It's kind of how, like, the girl gang turned into what it is. Like, the crew emerged from that because it was just a bunch of us casually all being at the skate park at the same time with a bunch of random snacks and then... You know, it's just, it just formed into this really rad crew. So like the hobby might not be so much as like the skate, the physical skateboarding for me, but it's like the event of skate day. Do you have any exercises at home that keep you prepared for snowboarding? Yeah. You know, I, well, gyms aren't really open or haven't been for COVID and the gym that we do have, I think was, it's officially ran by elderly gentleman that runs marathons since the early maybe late 80s so all the equipment is probably from the 80s so I do a lot at home you know there's always like the hiking and the like the conditioning like the cardio side of things that I can do independently and at home like I can say that you know I do a lot of like high intensity like training at home with literally just like I have a set of 25 pound dumbbells and that's it and so leg work a lot of leg work explosive leg work um and like every form of at-home workout that you can do with as little equipment as possible to hit every muscle at the you know what I mean it's not there's no rhyme or reason to it I you know we've got some great reps that always put out workouts and stuff and I think that's really helpful but yeah I I do like all the single leg squats like every kind of squat that you can find on Instagram I'm doing it (laughs) Every kind of weird setup without the elastic band at home, I'm also doing those box jumps, twisting things. I don't know. There's, I don't know the correct technical names for fitness routines, you know, like the twisty and the up and down, you know? <laughs> so um, I try to do that at home. <laughs> oh, making do with what you can, you know, that's, that's all that matters. Kim, uh, I want to thank you for coming on to our podcast. It was an absolute pleasure having you and hearing about some of your insights and experiences. Tune in for our next podcast where we will be interviewing a former Olympian known for his time in the halfpipe. We'll be airing episodes on the first and the third Friday of every month. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at mountvibes.com. If anyone would like to reach out, please do so via Instagram at Mountain Vibes or send us an email at info at mountainvibes.com. We always love hearing from the listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Now be safe, be happy, and go outside. Mm-hmm.